In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. My name is Father Matt. I'm one of the rectors here at the table. I apologize for, uh, my, my sister was over at my house yesterday. She's a doctor, and she called it um, schmutz. So I, that's probably the medical term for it. I've got some schmutz. And I, uh, I appreciate your patience and forbearance. <clears throat> We didn't read the psalm today, but we heard uh, an incarnation of the psalm. I'm so thankful. The psalmist says, what are we that you should be mindful of us? The woman born that you attend to them. You've made us a little lower than God. You adorn us with glory and honor. You give us mastery over the works of your hands. You put all things under our feet. Paul in Romans 8 today, we heard read, says this, We know that the whole creation has been groaning in labor pains until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves groan inwardly while we wait for adoption, the redemption of our bodies. Our texts today speak of the themes of Advent. Waiting, longing, groaning, and hope. And that hope, then, uh, in these readings, is particularly focused between the first coming of Jesus, what we call Christmas, the incarnation, and the second coming of Jesus, sometimes referred to as the apocalypse or revelation. The church starts our new year, as Father Ben said, on the first week of Advent, linking the first coming of Jesus with his second. They're connected. They're tied together in the church's imagination. So just as the Jewish people longed for the coming Messiah in Jesus' day, so now Paul says creation and all of us long to be set free from the bondage of decay, and we join in this holy ache for the redemption of our bodies. Today, on the first Sunday of Advent, we proclaim the good news that the incarnation of Jesus reclaims all of creation as a place of redemption. Earth, animals, the cosmos, even our earthly bodies, even Father Ben's body. Let us enter Advent then. Let us enter Advent then breathing and pushing with all creation, giving voice to spirit-powered, hope-filled, bondage-breaking groans. There's three points in this sermon. The first is this. The hope of Advent isn't being rescued away from creation but our bodies getting rescued as and for creation. If you've lived in the U.S. as a Christian sometime in the last 130 years, I think that covers most of us, you are probably familiar with a common story about how the world is supposed to end, right? Jesus comes back to rescue a tiny fraction of the world's population, kill the rest of us, And then God finally zaps the earth, Death Star style, destroying everything. Not so fast, says the Apostle Paul. 
Creation is being reclaimed. The incarnation, God as man in Jesus Christ, is the epicenter of that reclamation. Creation will be redeemed, literally bought back from bondage, liberated. And as both creatures in creation and agents of God's rule, we are redeemed too. So the first point is this, that it matters how we treat creation, beloved. Creation care is a Christian witness. It's our primary and primal vocation. Creation care is how we love ourselves even. We are bound up with even a part of creation. Listen to how my friends Sylvia and Brian sum this up. This is a quote now. We need to remember that Paul's most foundational understanding of human identity and calling is rooted in the story told so vividly in Genesis. There we meet a God with dirty fingernails. The creator kneels down into the earth and forms an earth creature. God takes Adama, the earth, and makes Adam the earth creature. The earth creature, formed from the earth, is who we are. Humans are from the hummus. Randy Woodley describes us as walking earth. When we care for creation, we resist the injustice of sin and death. We reclaim our identity as walking, breathing earth. It's a remembering who we are, beloved. One more quote from Sylvia and Brian. The Bible calls us to remember who we are. We are from the earth. We are for the earth, and we are destined for the new earth where God will dwell with us. We are the children of God who will one day be agents of creation's liberation when our bodies are redeemed. Today, on the first Sunday of Advent, we proclaim the good news that the incarnation of Jesus reclaims all creation as a place of redemption. Earth, animals, the cosmos, and even our earthly bodies, even Joel's earthly body. Let us enter Advent then, breathing and pushing, with all creation, giving voice to spirit-powered, hope-filled, bondage-breaking groans. So the hope of Advent is that our bodies are getting rescued as and for creation. Amen? Second point, our bodies will be liberated or redeemed, not discarded. Joyous embodiment is a feature of new creation. Another part of this story about creation being destroyed that we've all heard or grown up in, is that our bodies will finally be discarded. We will finally be free from these mucus and inflammation factories. <clears throat> these coughing, sneezing, wheezing, midnight snacking, migraine racking, heel spur smacking, degenerative disease cracking, testosterone lacking, cholesterol tracking... Sacks of bones and guts and skin and teeth. This is how it feels sometimes, right? Why would I ever want to be stuck with this forever? 
bodies are breaking all over the place, right? I mentioned my schmutz, but this is the least of the reminders about how bodies are breaking. Most of you know Sharon's dad died two weeks ago, pretty suddenly. And then in the midst of grieving that, our, both our kids came down with, I don't know, I didn't know other viruses still existed, but it wasn't COVID. So it was some other virus that put, gave them fevers, right? Now I think I got it. But part, part of being your priest here is that I hold your stories in my heart. And so I know that there are grandkids here, deathly ill. Children we don't talk to. Chronic illnesses. Even some we can't get a diagnosis for. Metabolisms jacked up. Immune systems not doing their job. Getting old. Getting older. Hips and knees wearing out. Our ears stop working. Our eyes stop working. Going bald before your 30th birthday. That was for Spencer. He's not here. Halitosis. <laughs> Constipation. Feeling exiled in our own bodies with feeling like our body is alien to who we are. Sometimes called dysphoria. How long, O oh Lord? Can you get in touch with the suffering in your body? I mentioned physical ailments, but there's also mental ailments. There's also memories that get stored as pain and harm. We can all relate, right, to this desire to just be done with it? Just be done with it. Can I just turn off my body for a second? To fly away in glory, to float around as disembodied spirits without an ingrown toenail care in the world. But Wendell Berry calls us back to the vision of the scriptures when he says, the Bible's aim, as I read it, is not the freeing of the spirit from the world. It is the handbook of the spirit and the world's interaction. It says that they cannot be divided that their mutuality, their unity is inescapable. What they are, that they are not reconciled in division but in harmony. What else can be meant by the resurrection of the body? The incarnation makes this plain. Forever the spiritual is bound up with the physical. We could even go so far as to say the physical is spiritual, beloved. Will you groan? with me today for the redemption of our bodies because this is the first Sunday of Advent and we proclaim the good news that the incarnation of Jesus reclaims all creation as a place of redemption earth, animals, the cosmos even our very earthly bodies even Ken's let us enter Advent then breathing and pushing with all creation giving voice to spirit-powered, hope-filled, bondage-breaking groans. So our bodies aren't getting rescued out of creation, but for and as creation. We don't get to escape our bodies, second point, 
but we get a redeemed, embodied, joyous body. And third, lament or groaning in hope. Is our faithful act of resistance against the bondage of sin and death. Lament is how hope lives in bondage. Let me say that again. Lament is how hope lives in bondage. It's how we wait. It's how hope waits for redemption. One more time, a quote, because why not? This also from Sylvia and Brian. Not only does the spirit groan in the travails of childbirth with us, those groans are sighs too deep for words. This is quite stunning. You see, the Holy Spirit cannot take our articulate prayers and translate them into words for God because the Holy Spirit is just as much at a loss for words as we are. The brooding spirit that we heard about in Genesis 1 today over the face of the deep is still brooding is still about to give birth, but like all women in the throes of contractions, the spirit isn't all that articulate in her groaning. These are sighs too deep for words. And Paul assures us God can interpret the groaning of the spirit. God can understand the mind of the spirit because the spirit is groaning on behalf of us. And God knows those deepest longings. God knows what we wait for because God shares those longings and God is waiting for the same thing as we are. We find ourselves struggling to pray, struggling to voice our pain, our despair, our our deep confusion. Then we end up speechless. All that we have then is our tears, our sighs, and our groans. So then, beloved, We groan with God's Spirit this Advent for creation to be set free, including the redemption of our bodies, and for all suffering and decay and death to cease. Welcome to Advent. This is how we faith, this is how we Advent groaning and longing as we make our bodies ready for the incarnation of Jesus at Christmas. In the name of the Father and Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Amen.